And I want to share some things out of the book of Ecclesiastes. I'm telling you ahead of time because it might take you a while to find it. <clears throat> but it's Genesis, Exodus, Ecclesiastes. Uh, <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. So somewhere in there. But anyhow, just, that's what a concordance, or not a concordance, what are you, inter, uh, index has done. I am happy to have <clears throat> my family here with us. So when Mary and I talk about bringing our family, we're talking about our son and our daughter-in-law, Troy and Debbie, and they live in Lakeland, uh, right down the street from where we used to live for many, many years, 18 years we were up there before we came down here. So we're delighted to have them. And then uh, uh, Isaac and David, uh, the two young men, both in college, and, uh, and then Troy's youngest as well. Uh, Julia, and she is also uh, finishing up her college this year. So we thank the Lord to have them down. Uh, and this, it's kind of like Christmas and New Year's. And we, we went up there for Christmas, and they've come down here for New Year. So uh, we're looking forward to, to uh, our finishing up our time. We had to do the thing, you know, this thing about being in Florida and being in southwestern Florida particularly, uh, we had to go swimming last night. So we did that, even though I didn't get the pool heated properly. But anyhow, so I'm still a little, little shaking. But it's, uh, but anyhow, we we made it through that and uh, <clears throat> survived it. You know, there's something about when if you're just a man at home by yourself, you do your own thing. But something about with grandkids, you want to impress them. You know what I mean? I thought, who in their right mind is going to get in their pool in the de- last day of December? Uh, <clears throat> but. That shows you I'm not the teacher because of the right mind thing, but it's there. But happy almost New Year's. I was thinking with our New Year's here and being the last day of the year, this is a time when everyone is preparing their New Year's resolution to think of what we're going to do or what it's going to be like for this next year and the things I'm going to do. But what are some, this is a question I'm asking, what are some of your New Year's resolutions? Just a few of them, uh, not counting losing weight. Everybody's got that one down, I know. <laughs> we all want to lose that, but not that because that's the one usually it makes liars out of us. So something, something that might have maybe work out for you. What are some of those? What are some good things, honestly, for New Year's resolution you thought about or you're getting ready to think about or you're preparing? Okay, I'm moving right along to the next point that I wanted to share with you. Uh, but you know, somebody have anything they're doing? Don't scratch your nose right now. Read the Bible through the year. That's a that is an excellent one. How uh, many have that one down? Read your Bible through. That's that's a good one for all of us. It's something. It's something I've always enjoyed. Uh, do it, and sometimes you know you set a goal up to read it through a couple of times in a year. And then when, you, when I got retired, I thought, I'm going to try it one time. I'm going to read it three times through. And I did one time. I'm, <clears throat> that's my bragging rights are over now, but I did it once uh, <clears throat> with that. But that, you know, I think about prayer life. You know, that's, uh, I find in the Christian life, <clears throat> that's the easiest thing to forego in my Christian life is prayer. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, uh, we all know you're supposed to take time for it. And we all do to some degree, but prayer is a good thing. And I might throw it out. 
uh, for us to think about as well. One of the things I found out about prayer, and this has nothing to do with uh, exactly what we're doing, but, but I think prayer is often uh, difficult. For me, I could get on my knees and start praying, and you give me three minutes, and I'm going to be daydreaming. There's just, I don't know what it is, and it's just, it's unfortunate, but it's just something about it. So I, I did, umpteen years ago, I started just walk every morning, and I walk in the morning because then I haven't fallen asleep yet walking, and it really helps my prayer life tremendously in doing. I did fall asleep one time when I was walking, pulling guard when I was in the Army at 17 years old. I went past, I had no idea where I walked to, I didn't know where I was, but I finally got back, as you can see, they, they found me. <clears throat> but, but I think that's important for us. What else, what else is important as a Christian I kind of want to think about? Because really, it is a new year. It's kind of like forgetting those things which are behind. Let's just reach forth to the things that are before, and you go forward with it. Wow. <clears throat> studying more, study to show thyself approved unto God. And that, that takes a good bit of determination and, uh, and having that walk with the Lord. Witnessing. Witnessing. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> uh, witnessing. And, you know, honestly, setting up a, a determination, how many tracks I want to pass out or how many doors I want to knock on. They're just, they're good thing. It's the kind of thing for, for most of us. If I don't plan it, I won't do it. But if you have that goal in mind, it, it makes a difference. So the witnessing is a vitally important thing. What else? Memorizing scripture. Memorizing scripture. <clears throat> Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin, sin against thee. And I always like to go back to the verse right before it, <clears throat> you know, about making sure that wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way. I mean, how do you get, get going for God? Wherewithal shall I man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Then he said, thy word have I hid in mine heart. But I think it's, it's because it helps us to keep it. And then helping us to draw an eye to God as well. But I think about <clears throat> how important it is in, um, in life. Even, even my, my church attendance <clears throat> uh, is, is important too. About 25 years ago, <clears throat> I was having lunch with um, Pastor Don Strange, and he and I were in college together, so we've known each other for a long time, and we were talking, and, and I was asking him about, what have you been preaching on lately? And he came out and he said, I tell you something I really found helpful to me as I'm preaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. And he challenged me with reading through it or preaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. And so I looked at it, <clears throat> And I uh, thought, yeah, and, and I went and bought a half a dozen commentaries and give it more thought and considering the book of Ecclesiastes that <clears throat> that has so much to do with life itself. So I prepared 12 messages, one per chapter, and uh, preached a series through the book of Ecclesiastes. So I'm going to share one of those chapters with you in chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes. And... And so, so you won't get nervous. I'm not going to preach the whole chapter or the whole book, but I am going to share a few things with you. Look in Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1. The Bible says, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time 
to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. About the time of thinking about Ecclesiastes and the work there, as I think about the book of Ecclesiastes, written by Solomon, the the wonderful man of God that he was, uh, that Solomon, as we all know, Solomon had everything. I mean, he had it all. And with with uh, all of his wickedness, though, and all of his ungodliness, and uh, all of his wealth that he had, and his wine, and all of his women that he had, I mean, he would he would the, the average unsaved person would say, "Wow, this guy's got it all." I mean, he wrote. By the way, there's something about Solomon I've always felt sorry for him because I realized all that he had, he probably didn't get much sleep. Can you imagine having a thousand women? Can you imagine telling them good night? Good night, honey. Good night, sweetheart. I love Good night. I mean, you get through a thousand of them. You know what I mean? And I thought, there's not any time left now except to eat breakfast because it's taken you all night to get through that. But poor Solomon, I mean, we need to, we ought to have a heart for the guy and care a little bit because that was a lot. You know, telling him, I mean, and listening to him, you know, you're so beautiful. To, and she's thinking, he didn't say that about me. You know, and thank you for the eggs this morning, and thank you know, and the and but but anyhow, Solomon he had it all, but he was missing out on so much. Yeah, all that wisdom, the wisest man in the world, and he didn't follow his own advice. And you know, you've done it, I've done it, just reading through in the book of Proverbs or Ecclesiastes, the same kind of concept, uh, all about life and the whole theme of the book of Ecclesiastes is how meaningless life is without God. That's, that's what's kind of in the making all around. I was, I've got a, a life application Bible, which is fantastic study Bible if you don't have one. But it, it has a little illustration in the beginning of the, the book. And it, it talks about Easter time and the little boy at Easter when he got this his Easter basket and the little green grass in it, and he had a chocolate bunny there on it, and he got the chocolate bunny out, and he's just thinking about all that chocolate he was going to be able to enjoy. He bit the ear off and thought, good night. This thing, it's empty. There's nothing in it. It's hollow. I mean, come on, Mom and Dad, this isn't right, you know. But... <clears throat> But I think that's the way life is without Christ. And we've all tried to live it, and we know it doesn't work. But as a believer, how I really need the Lord working in my life to produce what He wants out of my life so I can live righteously and godly in this present world. Try living life on our own. It just doesn't work at all. But the book of Ecclesiastes was written some 3,000 years ago. 
And it works to answer a lot of questions that we have had in life, you know, like, what is life all about? Or how can God help me when my loved one dies? Uh, what is in it? For, I get fired from my job or I don't know where to retire, although that's an easy one. Uh, I don't know what I should be doing with my life. And even at 80 years of age or 50 years or 20 years of age, what am I going to do with my life? Where do I go from, from point A to point B? How do I get there? What is it that God wants? And so many times we miss out on the will of God with God uh, wanting to do his work in our lives as we need to have. But the, the Holy Bible, we know, is a book that has all the answers to life, life's problems, and life's dilemmas that we have. And we realize that going after worldly pleasures is not the answer to what the heart needs and the soul of man. It takes a whole lot more to be able to get things right and going for the Lord. You think about the, the, the entertainers that are on the television, uh, you know, the Dr. Lars, the Dr. Phil, the, <coughs> the, the, uh, all, all the ones that were, were there, <coughs> uh, <coughs> maybe even Oprah from her years going by that are on there trying to share with people how to make sense out of life. And so many times, if you've, so many times, I've, <clears throat> I've not listened that much, but uh, like with Dr. Phil, trying to explain to somebody what the answers of life are about, they think, you have missed it so much. I mean, if you just knew. Uh, but all they do is patch up things, whereas we have the Bible, and God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness right here in 1 Peter 3, 1, it says. So I think, Lord, I need this in my life, and I, I need what God has for me. And, and I, I often think about today, the average person, unsaved person, when they have a problem, they go to their psychiatrist or their psychologist, and, and saved people may go too. But I'm just saying, the solutions so often the pills that are there that they have to give to you. I mean, they can kind of wake you up or they can kind of put you down. And they can make you happy or they can slow you down where you're not as happy as you used to be. I mean, there, there's all of it uh, there that they try to help us with, but that's not the answer because God has it and God is our, our sovereign God. So 28 times in this one chapter alone, uh, and don't start counting them all, but the word time is used. And so obviously he's talking about time. And he says there is a season for everything. Verse 1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. He goes into 14 pairs of opposites as well. And you can see it and read it for yourself as we have just done. But then he tells us there is a time to be born and a time to die. And of course, those are two things that we have no control over. Uh, as someone has said, I can choose my friends, but I can't choose my family. So that's the way it is. And you think, and how many times have kids thought, boy, if I were just in that family, we had one person that I ever knew in junior high school that had a pool in his backyard. And who do you think was our best friend? You know, I mean, it's kind of like, what is it? I mean, how do you get something out of life, you know, to really <clears throat> make it count for there? But 
I remember uh, I was I was one time uh, out witnessing. We were street preaching with some other friends, and and so I was walking around in the town, and I saw this kid on the corner, and I walked on a little ten-year-old boy, and and I walked up to him. and said, "Hey," I said, "Would you like to go to heaven?" He said, "No, sir." I said, "Would Would you like to just?" And he and it just threw me off when he said that. I said, "I said." You mean to tell me you don't want to go to heaven? He said, no. I said, you mean that when you die, you don't care if you die and go to hell? Or, oh, he said, I didn't know you meant when I died. No, I don't, I'd like to go to heaven someday. I just don't want to go right now. You know, <laughs> uh, And he really did. That's just what he said. And I thought, okay, you know, it's the wisdom of a child. You know, it, it's, uh, he thought I was looking for volunteers, which I wasn't. <clears throat> uh, but... You think it's important to be able to take the time in life, and we all go through the the births, how wonderful they are, and the funerals aren't quite as good. I I, I told our son uh, Troy that he's got, I mean, he's got good genes, you know, about being able to last a little bit longer. Because Mary's mom lived with us the last ten years of her life until she was one hundred years old and went to be of the Lord, sharp in mind all the way to the day she died. And then that same year, my grandmother died. She was 106. So I think we've got Troy covered on both sides here. He's <laughs> guy's got it made, you know. Uh, but anyway, I, don't know about, I don't know about his parents there. You've got to watch them too. But <clears throat> you think, we don't know. But we do know that it's a point on a man once to die. There's an appointment scheduled for Bud Calvert, and there's an appointment scheduled for each one of us. And I've got to keep asking myself, am I ready? You know, am I ready for that? And it's kind of what he's sharing with us as well to keep in mind. So I look at it. So then he says in verse 2, he said, there's a the time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up. <clears throat> That which is planted and just kind of reminding us again. Uh, when And all these are just kind of proverbial sayings as well. But uh, I think of the sowing and reaping that we get out of the book of Galatians. You know, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And so, and so it works on that. And so I don't need to explain that to those of you that are into agriculture. And I know there are a lot of farmers, people that come from the Midwest. Everybody's been identified yeah, when I was a boy and a girl and we went out and milked the cows at 3 o'clock in the morning and we had this and then we walked seven miles to school and then we came home. And I, I know that I'm a city boy. I was born right out in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. Uh, and so <clears throat> when we think about but I did, by the way, I knew a little bit about sowing and reaping because one time, the first time ever I planted a garden, I planted six tomato plants. And, and right out on the corner of our house, and Troy probably remembers this because he helped me a little bit with it, but with, I dug up the dirt around there. I had six little tomato plants. I planted them all, and I was waiting to be able to get a wheelbarrow full of tomatoes and take them to the church people and pass them out. But at the end of the season, I was able to grow three tomatoes off of those six plants. <laughs> Two of them had worms in them, but one of them, I'm telling you, it was like gold. It was delicious. It was small, but it was really, really good. So I thought, I didn't know you had to water it and fertilize and all this stuff. I didn't know that, but anyhow, uh, I learned it. But 
there's a sowing and reaping that is there as well. A time to plant, a time to pluck. You know, and you just think about life. What are the deposits that I have made? And what am I going to get from it? Because God keeps record of everything I ever do. Uh, and it's important to know that uh, I've got to give an account someday to Almighty God for everything in my life and everything that's been done and working with. And then more events that take place in verse 3 where he said there's a time to kill and a time to heal and a time to break down and a time to build up. And, and I want you to hold your finger here for a minute because I want you to think about this building up thing for a moment. But I think about our lives and what we're to be doing, the building up or encouraging or even edifying. But look in the book of Ephesians. Hold your finger here. We'll be right back. In the book of Ephesians and chapter 4. <clears throat> but there's a, a, a verse there that I want to look at and, uh, and a couple of other verses. But I think about... <clears throat> I think about a life as a believer. Those of us that have been saved, and I don't assume everyone in here has been saved, but for those of us that have received Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior and asked the Lord to forgive us of all of our sins, and we know we're heaven-bound, we may get there with bruises and scrapes and cuts and aches and pains, but we know where we're going. And that's, that, that's one of the beauties as a Christian. No matter what I go through, I know I have the Lord someday, uh, I have him today, but I know I have his presence every single day forever, for eternity, which is longer than time, but it's hard to conceptualize that in my mind. But Ephesians chapter 4, and verse 29, the Bible says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And I think that edifying, that which is building up, make sure that what I say has to do with edifying. Look in verse 31 where he said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, the, the bad or wicked heart. But I think of the evil speaking and the corrupt communication that he mentions there, it's really both, uh, it's the exact same word for both of them in the original language in which it's written. And if I were to say the word that's translated, because it's only one word translated corrupt communication and evil speaking, the word in the Greek language, here's what it sounds like. Blasphemia. Blasphemia. That's the word that the Holy Spirit put here, translated corrupt communication. Well, I have to be careful. I don't blaspheme anybody, including Almighty God, that I want to be careful of what I say. I, because it's so important to build up people, not put down. <clears throat> I, I remember reading on a billboard in front of a church one time, two things good for the heart. Don't run upstairs and don't run down people. And I've always thought about that. you got to be careful you know, with, with what we do with our tongue uh, because it's so easy to change things around a little bit. But we build up people. And think for a moment with me because I want to ask you a question. When you think about building up others, building up people, ministering to people, I mean, 
We've all been given gifts, those of us that are believers, according to 1 Corinthians 12 or Ephesians 4 uh, that we have, or Romans chapter 12. We've all been given at least a gift spiritually if we've been born again. What are we doing with it? The purpose of the gifts, biblically, are for the edifying of the body of Christ. It's building up the body of Christ. And that means for every one of us, when we come to church, I need to be thinking, how can I use how God has equipped me, the gift he's given me, how can I use it to benefit someone else? And we don't all do it during the Sunday school hour. We don't all do it at the church hour. We sit there and hear the music. Brother Jim leads us in and the songs he's picked out for us and the preacher as he delivers a message to us. And we're all edified and built up from the music and from the preaching as well. So how do we use our gifts? And that's a question I'd ask you. What are some of the, what are some of the things we can do to build up others? And what you do, I may have never done or never thought about, but it could help me to think about tomorrow. Uh, <clears throat> after my kids are gone, I could think about it because I don't want to do any more there. But I, I want to get this going. for What are some of the things we can do for each other? Think Seriously, what are some of them? Just simple things. Encouraging words. I mean, a word fitly spoken. You know, I, I tell you, you know, it's, it's easy to do is look at somebody and think, what, I don't know what's wrong with them. Well, the truth of the matter is there probably is something wrong and they just need help and encouragement. But that's good. What else? What happened? Share scripture. <clears throat> Word of God builds up. It edifies in itself, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Hospitality. Huge. Just taking time with people. Helping people. Encouraging people. Brother Mike. Act like a Christian. Well, that's a novel idea. Act like a Christian. <clears throat> so important. And you know, the truth of the matter is, when somebody gets saved, somebody gets saved today, what are they going to think of Christianity? What will they know about it? For the most part, they won't know much more than how I'm living my life or how our church conducts itself, which is a huge reason why we're in this church and not in something else down the street. Uh, but it's nice words, because that's, that's the idea of Christianity that people get as they look at it. So very important. What else? Keep... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> keeping our mouths shut, <clears throat> uh, that's a, you know, it's knowing when to say something, <laughs> and it's knowing when not to say something. Lady, that is the ugliest dress I have ever seen. <laughs> Sir, I can't stand red ties. It just drives me nuts. <clears throat> Some things you just don't say, you know, because <clears throat> uh, we want to encourage or build up others. But, and that's all part of the process there. So I want to be thinking about building up others with whatever gift I have. And maybe it's a, the gift of helps. I think the gift of helps is what music is all about. Using music for the glory of God. Singing, giving messages, encouraging others, going to a hospital, old folks' home. Boy, that's a, that's a strange thought. And uh, going to old folks' home did that ever since I was a pastor start out in my 20s. And now I'm R1, you know? And it's like, oh my goodness. Uh, so, yeah, so anyhow, <clears throat> we'll skip that one. <clears throat> but, 
but I think for all of us to be able to help others and, uh, and build up others. But I, I think sometime, like in verse 4, where he said there's a time to weep and a time to laugh and a time to mourn and a time to dance even. That's not for Baptists, but the rest of them. There's uh, time for all these things uh, for all of us. I, was, I, got a, I got an email one time from a, one of our deacons, uh, and he was... I, I guess trying to encourage me, and he, he sent me this, this story, and he said it was a, and you probably may have heard it, but he said there was a, a preacher noticed a little boy was staring at a, a plaque that he had hung out in the, the foyer of their church, and he was, went out, and it was covered with names and American flags all over it, and were mounted on either side of it, and the seven-year-old boy was up there just kind of staring at the, the plaque, and the preacher walked up and stood there and quietly said, good morning, Billy. And Billy said, good morning, preacher. And then he's looking at him, and he said, the old Billy said, preacher, what, what is this? And so he's looking up at him, he said, well, it's a memorial to all of those that have died in the service. And the little boy said, well, pastor, was it the 11 o'clock service or the 6 o'clock service? That's <laughs> Oh my goodness, you know, but, uh, but anyhow, those, you know, those things happen, but I'm glad God's allowed us to laugh every now and then too. I used to, I grew up, I used to think, except for my mother and my sister, but I used to think, I go into church and everything was so solemn and, and I thought, oh my goodness, I hope I don't catch that uh, because it's just, I just don't need that in my life. I would rather have a little bit of life and a little bit of happiness, a little bit of joy and I don't want to get to the place where I have to join them. I'm not allowed to smile anymore because, you know, it's just the way life is. But we ought to be able to enjoy life. And I don't mean happy-go-lucky, but I mean enjoying our relationship with the Lord and what God's done for us in every way. He talks about in verse 5, he said, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And this is the way... Uh, every husband and wife should treat each other with uh, embracing family times and, and doing. And, and there's nothing we always enjoyed as a family, a threesome family. We would have our hugabugs. And if you haven't had hugabugs lately, uh, it's worthwhile trying sometimes. It's where you get a family together and everybody just wraps their arms around each other and hugs each other. And it's just kind of nice. We had one of those half of it last night. Uh, but I think it's just fun, you know. It's just kind of so. Well, I, I just don't believe in that touchy feely stuff. That's okay. You'll enjoy it later when you get to heaven. But <clears throat> I'm saying it's just kind of nice uh, to have a little bit of it <clears throat> that is there. And by the way, <clears throat> and I think it's it's also a, a good idea for all of us to care about that. But notice in verse six too, <clears throat> a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away. And I thought, here is biblical authority in having a yard sale. <laughs> right? I mean, hey, come on, ladies. Get rid of that stuff. You know, you, that's, that's what the yard sale's for. A time to keep and a time to cast away. Whatever it is, there, you know, one person's treasures, another person's junk. You know, however that works. Uh, but anyhow, uh, good. But I also look at it as <clears throat> a time when I think about missions and world evangelism and starting churches and seeing more people get saved. A time to get 
A time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away. I've often wondered what could be done for world evangelism if we could learn how to give away more of what we have. <clears throat> and it's not that God is broke or doesn't have enough. It's just that those of us that He has blessed us with, sometime we approach God with a tight fist and, I, I, Lord, I just can't quite let go of it. But <clears throat> there is a time to keep and there is a time to cast away and uh, to be able to give to missions and world evangelism and help us to win more people to Christ and get more churches started and buy more tracts and, <clears throat> and, and all the work that needs to be done that's out there. And by the way, I, I went in the other building this morning, but that, uh, that track rack is so nice that Flo sets up for us with all of the tracks out there to grab a little pack of them and, and uh, use them and give them out. <clears throat> but you think that's serving the Lord with that. But, but being able to give and all that, it costs a little bit. But there's a reason for everything <clears throat> as well. And not only the, the, <clears throat> the season there that the Lord gives us <clears throat> uh, to have uh, every time has a season, but a reason for everything as well. Season for everything and a reason for everything. If you look <clears throat> look in verse 9, where he says, <clears throat> uh, in fact, verse 8, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Don't you hate war? It's, just, it's a terrible thing, but that's life. It's always been, always will be until Jesus comes back. And then even when he comes back, after about a thousand years of uh, life, there's going to be one more war. Uh, and to end all wars and thank the Lord. But in verse 9, it says, What profit hath it that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he has set the world in their hearts, missions again, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning uh, to the end. And I think the big reason for and lesson for Solomon and for me and for you in this section of Scripture is that everything happens in its time. I remind us all, God is sovereign. Amen. He knows everything. He's all-powerful. You think, yeah, but does he, if he's all-sovereign, why would he allow me to break my leg? Why would he allow my spouse to leave? Why would he allow my loved one to die? Why would he allow... Because God is sovereign, and we don't have ever have to ask the question, why? We just say, what do you want me to learn from this? What is the lesson I can take from this tragedy? But he talks about the travail that he went through, and he was going through in verse 10. I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men. They're there. He said, oh, I haven't had any problems. You haven't lived long enough then if you haven't had the problems. Because they're there. And they, they hurt. And they're hard. And the one thing as a believer that, that it's, it's so precious to be able to rely on is that my God knows. God knows what I can take. And there's no temptation taken me or trials. But such is common to man. But God is what? Faithful. He is Faithful. He's there to help us. He'll take care of us. He'll provide for us, work things out. You know, if you ever read any of Charles Spurgeon, his books, I mean, that guy, and that was, it's hard to believe, but all, he got a million, I mean, I've got volumes of him. I had them, I left, gave them away, but I had volumes of sermons and notes that he had had 
the volumes of it. Uh, and that was before computers and typewriters, but he had volumes of it. <clears throat> and you think, wow, what a great man of God. But if you ever look closely, as Mary observed when she was reading one of their devotionals there, it seemed like every page that that great man of God was talking about included some problem, some trial, some heartache that he was going through. That's life. You know, and I find out that as we get older and retire and ready for heaven on earth, it ain't always like that. You know, I mean, there's still some bumps in the road. And I thought we got over all those, but there's still some trials and heavy heartedness that comes. But we have a great God that loves us and cares for us and takes care of us in everything and every way. And all I have to do is say, Lord, you know my address. You know where I am. You know what I am doing. You know what my needs are. You know what my hurts are. And he works all things together for good. And I don't ever want to forget that because he works all things together for good to them who love God and them who are the called according to his purpose. And so if I show God how much I love him and drawing nigh to him, and he said, if you love me, keep my commandments, which leads me to the very last thing, <clears throat> one last thought was uh, in Ecclesiastes 12, here's a conclusion of 12 chapters that he says in that one verse, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man. So sure, with trials, there comes triumphs in Jesus Christ. The whole duty of man is obey the Lord and follow him. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your goodness in our lives. And I thank you, dear Lord, for all you've done for us. I pray, dear God, help us to trust our sovereign Lord. And I pray now that you would bless Pastor Lytell as he preaches to us. May we be encouraged and helped and edified from your holy word. Well, thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.